staying over and he's cuddling us. Oh, don't be so gushy or ruin the spooning. <sighs> Shush, you're embarrassing me. I can't help it. I'm not even hungry. Why are you making so much noise then? <clears throat> no. Oh my God. I told you it wasn't me. <clears throat> No, be quiet, he's gonna hear you. I think you're gonna have to let her out. His genitals are dangerously close to us, he's gonna feel it escape. Ew, don't say genitals. Mm, please, just let her go. What if we move onto our back, let it out slowly, and then trap it under the duvet? Oh my god, we can't Dutch oven him, we're not even official yet. Maybe it won't smell. Believe me, it will. I'm filling with air, you've gotta let her out. It sounds like we're internally farting. Oh, why is this happening? Why can't you all just behave? I'm so sorry. I'm too weak. Room for one more. <laughs> Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, April 29th. This is the drop, and we got the whole band back together. I'm G. Skeets, and alongside me, back from Sin City, it's Tass Mellis. Great to be back with you cool guys. Hey, Tassie, we got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Finally, man making the magic happen, picking those beauty cold open, super producer JD. Uh, hello, I'm not on camera yet because I have it, uh, yeah, but hello. Hi. Hi, hey. how's it going? Uh, shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, and share the show. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. You, you gotta tee us up for next week. We're stepping on the beach. <laughs> I guarantee it, okay? Yes. Lock it in. Uh, yes. And if you're looking for some content, maybe for over the weekend, because there's not a lot of basketball on, uh, go check out... Yesterday's new No Buffs Survivor Recap Pod uh, posted over on the No Buffs YouTube feed and in the No, no Buffs uh, podcast feed, either on Apple or Spotify, an emotional episode nine, which we broke down. So go check that out. Had a lot of fun talking to TK and JD about that episode. But we got a bunch of games from last night to discuss and then a bunch of series in the second round to look forward to break down, talk about key storylines and X factors and make some predictions. But, Lili, mm. we start with the perfect game. Chris Paul leading the Suns past Pelicans in Game 6. 14 for 14 from the floor and 4 for 4 from the free throw line. The perfect game. Yeah, and 1 for 1 from downtown. And added to that, DeAndre Ayton was basically perfect himself. Mm-hmm. 10 for 12 here. But, uh, Chris Paul, what an incredible performance. In wasn't officially a closeout game as far as if they, could have, if they lost, they would have gone on to Game 7. But he did not want to go home and play a Game 7. And uh, the shots he were making, these weren't layups or uncontested shots. There was defenders in his face most of the time. He was just getting to his spot, that sort of zigzag move where he likes to get... 10, 15 feet away and throw it up and uh, and it went in and it was just incredible. But despite all that, despite the 14 for 14 and the 10 for 12 from DeAndre Ayton, Michael Br- Mikhail Bridges went 7 for 12 as well from, from uh, the field. With a minute 40 to go, the Pelicans were leading this game. Mm-hmm. They still had a chance to pull this off, despite the fact that CJ McCollum, who was good in the first half, was in foul trouble. But then Mikhail Bridges rips the ball out of his hands. Oh. And dunked it, and oh, that just felt like the air was let out of the balloon because CJ's been great, but it was pretty easy how Bridges just stripped him of the ball yeah, down there. Yeah, a little trap there for yeah. the and he, Give me that. And it just felt in that moment that that was when the game was over. Even though it wasn't mm-hmm. officially, it just felt like that. And uh, Chris Paul had another basket after that. I think uh, Booker hit one too after that as well. And the Suns just did enough to say to the little brother, 
guys, great fight, valiant effort, but we're moving on here. And you guys, and I've got so much respect here for what the Pelicans have done this season and how they competed in this series. And I think you could feel the emotion after the game between Chris Paul and Monty Williams, between Chris Paul and Willie Green, between Willie Green and Monty Williams yeah. as well. There was yeah. a lot of love and a lot of uh, you know history with all of those guys and those players and former teammates and now coaching and all that. But in the end, the Suns uh, get away with it. They win this series. They move on now. Booker played, which is good. He looked okay. I thought he looked okay. pretty much, you know, like the, he didn't seem too bothered. He didn't have played a, over thirty minutes. Yeah, he didn't didn't have a super super game as far as uh, scoring the ball. Only had thirteen points, but I think it was more about let's get him through this game and then move on to the next round. Yeah. So overall, the Suns uh, probably took longer than they were expecting to get rid of the Pelicans. But that I think is so much down to the fact the Pelicans fought this entire series, and you saw it last night right up until the end. They had a chance to extend it, but they couldn't. But uh, great job by everybody. Yeah, pretty amazing, though. Chris Paul, what is he, 85 years old? <laughs> Going 14 for 14. And like Lee said, I mean, this was all jumpers. These are not layups. These are not fast break, you know, got an easy one here. Uh, this is with guys draped all over him, him finding a spot and hitting it. He had a couple. I mean, he just had it going last night. I think, like, two of his four that bounced in were down the stretch. Mm. Like, he got that crazy one that went way up mm. in the air, hit a bunch of rim and bounced around, had the other Duncan-like one in front of the rim, and then kissed it in. But that's spectacular. Like, this has never been done before in an NBA playoff game, let alone from a guy that's, like, one of the shortest guys out there. He was feeling it so much, that bucket with, like, 4.30 left. He wiped the sweat off his hands on the shorts. While he had the ball, just took his time. I'm going to need this hand. Wiped it off, <laughs> tried it off, and then banged home a shot. There's something about clinching on the road in the playoffs. Just, It's just such high drama. It was amazing. Yeah, all the relationships that Lee went through. The Willie Green moment. I don't know if it's just because I lost money in Vegas, but that made me want to cry. No, every, I, I'm sure uh, everybody in that in that building, uh, everybody on the, the Suns organization loved Willie. I mean, so many tears after the game. Uh, yeah, and the way it just – it lasted 46 and a half minutes until uh, Herbert Jones that everyone was praising uh, just kind of lost Devin Booker for half a second because everyone was expecting Chris Paul to yeah. go off. Devin Booker hadn't hit a three. Herbert looking at Chris Paul, took his eye off Devin Booker bang big shot and then they go the other way and that was when the rip happened on cj mccollum game over two plays uh good night came down to two teeny teeny plays and uh the suns it was it was a wild because yeah you look at the shot chart i know you tweeted it skeets and then you look at what the suns did they took eight fewer shots in the pels and were still able to win this game because they shot 60 percent. they should hit six out of ten <laughs> shots uh and didn't didn't hit a ton of threes uh that was a clinical clinical finish and especially with uh yeah Devin booker was pretty quiet uh, but, uh, yeah, everybody else, so efficient. It was. On the road, you got to be that great, and the Pels had an incredible season. What do you think, Trey? This was just cool. Uh, I <laughs> felt like uh, Chris Paul's 14th make was maybe the closest to missing. I was like, no, yeah. don't roll out. Obviously, it dropped in, and the Suns take the win. Only eight threes for the Suns, only eight threes for the Pelicans. This was like a 1990s basketball mm. game getting into the mid-range. And like you mentioned, Lee, 10 for 12 from DeAndre Ayton. I'm surprised to see that only four of his baskets came on assists from Chris Paul. I would have guessed exactly 10. But if you're getting, uh, you know, 24 for 26 from your two leading scores, that's that's a tough, uh, <laughs> that's tough to beat uh, if you're the Pelicans. But man, they they tried hard. They grinded. They, oh they did the best they possibly could. They had three rookies out there making incredible plays down the stretch. This was really fun to watch, and, you know, it just shows you the level that the Suns are at, that the Pelicans were playing as well as they were. They were getting contributions from everybody. 
They just couldn't handle Chris Paul because Chris Paul is awesome. Yeah, and again, I think the Pelicans have done the Suns a favor here in putting up a fight uh, in the first round. We'll see how that uh, you know folds out here, or at least uh, mm. unfolds, excuse me, as they take on the Mavericks, and we'll get to that series in a second. But Chris Paul, I have the stats here from an account that changed their name to Paul Don't Lie. <laughs> Chris Paul finished the series against Pelicans shooting 70% between 5 and 9 feet, 59% from 10 to 14, and then 68% from 15 to 19. Those are really insane numbers. That's a series. Yeah, and I haven't got the numbers, but I know he had less than 10 turnovers, I think, for the entire series as well. Yeah. So his taking care of the ball was incredible, and then cashing in from everywhere he had it was incredible. And also, add to that, these are against guys like young guys in Alvarado who's made yeah. himself a name for being a pesky <laughs> defender. You know, Herb Jones sometimes getting switched on. Like, that's the other crazy part about who he was doing it yeah. against. Um, just special stuff from Chris Paul, and again... Pretty wild that we got something we've never seen before. I know Nene went 12 for 12 in a playoff game once, but... Uh, <laughs> Nene Hilario. Wow. <laughs> the old Rockets Thunder game. Yeah, uh, I mean, they must have been 11 dunks then. Uh, yeah, sure. went, yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I didn't check yeah. the tape, but yeah. I don't think they were jumpers no. from around the free no, throw line no, for no. Nene in that game. Uh, yeah, anything else to add to the, to the Suns-Pelicans? What about the Pelicans moving forward here? Like, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Trey said it, all the rookies, you know, Jose, Herb, Trey Murphy had a big three in this yeah. one. Um, and then you've got your star in Ingram, who played really incredibly well throughout this entire postseason. McCollum, you know, got slowed a, th- a bit here in this series. I think a big part because of Bridges' defense. But then you add Zion to mm. this, and you got a great coach in Willie Green. Like, what's the what, what's the potential for this team even next year? Well, it really depends on Zion, I think, and uh, what's going on there because it still seems like there's a little bit of weirdness going on between him and the organization. That sort of has been the, the whole story this season. We didn't even know about the injury. Then he was maybe coming back and then he didn't and then he was training somewhere else and then he was had a disagreement as to when he was going to come back and then he's throwing down 360s and between the leg dunk. So he looks great. I mean, if you add a guy who can get 27 and 8 a game shooting, what, 60% to that core, I mean, honestly, they should be absolutely in the playoffs and and hunting for a top four spot. Now, it never always comes together so (laughs) quickly, but there's no question that Willie Green is loved in that locker room. Those guys all play for him. Valanciunas, I think, played a fantastic role this season. And Brandon Ingram, he's been an all-star before. He showed that in the sort of late stage of this season and in this series as well. And then I think CJ's a very nice vet to have on that team. I think he's a really good fit there. So, And then you do, you mentioned Herb Jones. I mean, Reggie was already talking about uh, all-NBA second team, I think, last night for him. I'm not sure if he's going to get it. but Defense. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got uh, Murphy's good. He can shoot the three. Jose Alvarado. I'm not sure what Jose Alvarado is. Sure. This series, he was perfect. He was the pest for the for the granddaddy of the pest. In fact, they, a great moment last night where Chris Paul stopped and got the offensive foul, I guess, when Alvarado ran into him and then fell all over the place. And, oh, the delicious irony yeah, of uh, Chris like, Paul. Where'd you learn that from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so they've got a really, really bright future considering, again, we mentioned a lot, the season started off the complete opposite. It was like, what this franchise might not win 15 games. Yeah. And yeah. now they're... Uh, they should be hunting the playoffs for sure. It's just even nice to see these home games there in the blender and the crowd going absolutely mm. bonkers. Like, when they started 1-12, and there were a bunch of whispers like... Uh, they're not going to be in New Orleans all that much longer. Wasn't it $100 courtside seats on <laughs> something like Star that. Pub or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And man, did that has that changed in a hurry. And like, there's a buzz to this team. And, and yeah, what do you think about throwing? If you throw a healthy Zion into the mix here, it, it's a hell of a lot of talent. The New Orleans Pelicans have gone for it with uh, the C.J. McCollum trade. The rookies have worked out. 
the coaching obviously has worked out, just shows you need talent. Monty Williams used to be there. Uh, this seems like uh, sort of an inexpensive move by David Griffin, but Willie Green just needed some talent. All coaches need talent. They got it. Yes, of course, extremely bright. A, a wild 36-win team versus a 64-win team. We saw a six-game <laughs> series uh, that was yeah one for the ages. If you watched every minute, it was really, really, really fun. Yeah. And the Pels yeah, deserve all the credit, uh, everyone in that in that locker room. And hopefully Zion comes back because it is still a huge question mark. Uh, it's not it's not a lock. You see him throwing down dunks in, in – uh, these cool little videos, a 10-second video, but is he coming back? When's he coming back? Otherwise, yeah, this, this got to be very, very, very excited for this team. I think uh, Pelicans are going to need a passer. They're going to need somebody who really sets the table when Zion comes back because McCollum wants the ball, Brandon Ingram wants the ball, and Zion wants the ball, and they probably all should get it. <laughs> Not to mention Jonas Valanciunas in there mashing inside. So I think they're going to have to have some sort of a table setter, but... The talent looks great. It'll be, I think it'll be a little tricky to fit all those guys together yeah. once Zion comes back because they, at their best, all three of their stars right now are ball handlers who are at their best um, making plays mostly for themselves, sometimes for others. So we'll see exactly what they look like when they are on the court together. But the idea of this team looks great. They're pretty young, but they've got some decent veteran pieces as well in McCollum and Valanchunas. And they just seem to have a lot of balance, uh, which is why they were able to give the Suns so much trouble in this series. The other game in the Western Conference playoffs last night, Luka Doncic and the Mavs beat the Jazz. Just beat the Jazz to advance to the second round. First time Luka's doing that. First time in a long time the Mavericks are going to the second round since they won their title, which is just <laughs> a weird, weird thing. 2011, mm. they haven't been in the second round. Obviously have had some good teams. Uh, but this one, whoo. Down to the wire, TK. Um, where do you want to start? This was a pretty fun game of basketball Hell here. Yeah. <laughs> Looked like we were going to game seven, baby! Through the first half, the crowd was lit, the ball was moving, and the Jazz were having better luck from three, which is something that they've needed uh, in this playoff series. They were only five for 17, not great shooting, but the Mavericks were only three for 18, but that all changed, really, in the third quarter. The Mavs went to their small ball lineup, and surprise, surprise, the Jazz didn't have an answer. (laughs) Once again, 36 to 19 in the third quarter for Dallas. They hit eight threes. Yep. That's a lot of threes for a single quarter. Just so much space out there. There was a great highlight of uh, Rudy Gobert getting ISO'd on Jalen Brunson, hmm. and he was just a crossover machine. I mean, kudos to Rudy. He made him work, but ended up being a jumper in the face from uh, the Brunson burner, which is just just a great nerdy nickname. Yep. Like, you had to be in a science lab to know what a Brunson burner <laughs> is, but it seems like everybody knows. Yeah. It's fun to say. It is. Yeah. It is really fun to say. And honestly, Bunsen burners are pretty fun to play with, too. Yeah. But shout out to the Jazz. They didn't go away. They battled back in the fourth quarter. I thought they did a good job of basically saying, Luca, you're not beating us right now. So they would throw a double team at him. They made it a point to get into the lane to get to the free throw line. They even got two assists from Donovan Mitchell mm. to Rudy Gobert inside. Unfortunately, though, for the Jazz, they went one of ten from three in the fourth quarter including a wide-open, game-winning, buzzer-beating miss from Boyan Bogdanovich after a pump fake. Pretty nice play from Quinn Snyder oh, to get him a look. You can't get a better It was wide-open, man. Just a little bit deep. Doink! Mavs win, Mavs win. First playoff series win since 2011, like you're saying. Also, Rudy Gobert got stung in the face by his own beast. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's just a funny little note in there. Stung in the face by bees. He's got his own beehive. Does anyone remember how their, uh, their season ended in the bubble? The, the Utah Jazz? Yeah. It was no. the Jamal Murray Yeah, Mike series. Conley. So this was like 50-point battles here? Uh, yeah, but yeah. The, the, the last play, Mike Conley 
had a three pointer. Oh that, yes, that just it basically went that down. That one went in and out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were down two in that one, uh, and obviously lost that. So good call. Two seasons in a well, mm. I guess two out of the last three seasons it's ended on a on a buzzer beating three that should have. Now Conley's was a bit more of a fling. It was in transition, yeah. but Bogdanovich, what an incredible play there by Snyder. I mean, he's got perfect, and Bogdanovich kind of didn't get that close to be honest. No, uh, but he took his time. Yeah, he, let he did. The defender I think fly it was by him, set his feet him, a little yeah. bit more, and yeah. But this was lost in the third quarter, as Trey mentioned. Yeah. Uh, watching back this morning at those threes they're just wide open too far too many of them are wide open there's guys sort of closing out but in the NBA a closeout is not a guy just running at you you've got to be there before he gets yeah. into that uh, shot because those they get them off so quickly and the Mavs just felt it and you could feel they were like we're just going to we've got the momentum here we're going to we're going to overrun this team they can't really they, they don't have that same sort of ability to do that to us and then Luca did the same thing to Rudy that he did in game uh, four there where he just danced him step back three. Oh my god like poor Rudy like that was good defense he was right there yeah. Luca's just going further and further back he's leaning back but it was so clean so uh, yeah incredible series win still for the Mavericks I think um, to do this I thought Utah honestly apart from that one game where, where Rudy got the dunk at the end I know that one game too the Mavericks waxed them in this series for the most part I think what do you think Ty? Well, it's nice that a series ended on a play that in like basketball terms was like an eternity of watching Boyan get mm. open and just watching this shot and having the chance to go. And obviously it was off. Uh, but it also hurt just seconds earlier. Mike Conley traveled when they're mm. up one and Mike Conley coming down uh, after a, a Luka miss and they just they couldn't do anything Mitchell gave it to Conley got, Conley got into the lane and just kind of got stalled up just didn't know where to go and traveled were you surprised they called that too <laughs> in all honesty you uh, see that where they sometimes let it go an official will I'm not saying it wasn't yeah. looked appeared to be some dragging of course of the of the foot mm-hmm. planted there but yeah, it's you see call. it a lot and they're alright here we go let it play out but nope I mean I thought the Mavs bench did a good job calling it <laughs> oh, they're all over us. Right it's a trouble, it's a trouble, it's a trouble. I was like, damn, I guess it was. But Conley, he was garbage in this series. Mm. He sh- he's, he averaged under bad 10 points season, per game. Yeah. yeah, bad season. I mean, he got he sort of got embarrassed in this series, I thought. Like, I showed his age. I yeah. mean, it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, he could stand there and still bang home shots. I think he still shot 40% from three over the course of the season. season but he looked right. older in this series. Yeah, listen, the Jazz had to figure out, you know, it shouldn't be on Conley, it shouldn't be on shouldn't have come down to that last play. The Jazz should be able to cover right. open shooters. They just wanted Rudy to stick by the 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 rim. We had John Schumann, our man John Schumann even just puzzled. Why doesn't the guy who's next to the open shooter come and defend the open shooter? I think that's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, weird rotations it defensively. Didn't, it was uh it was odd to see that's what where they should have solved it. And, uh, yeah, another clincher on the road just from uh, a person who had no, you know, pony in this race. Awesome to watch. Uh, and, uh, yeah, came down to that last shot. Unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, the Jazz kind of did it to themselves in this series. So the future, woo, way up in the air for up and down the roster, coaching staff, front office. What the heck is going to happen with this team? Because there's got to be changes. Well, what's the move? What does Danny Ainge do here? Trey, you're Danny all right congratulations like i mean i guess like would never be really the question is that's an insult to me to tell call me danny age are you sorry about that um are you you're a multi-sport guy thank you really blowing this up are you really truly just detonating and and what i mean by that is like down to its to, to the to the cement floor here and like that trade everyone is, no team honestly like a real real rebuild or is it 
pick one of the two of your star players, your all-stars in Donovan and Rudy, and then if that's the case, which one? Like, where do you go with this team? It seems to be Donovan Mitchell would be the choice to keep around if you're the Jazz. According to Tony Jones at The Athletic, subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks. That's the plan, is to build around Donovan Mitchell. I think he needs to officially be the point guard. I think there's no way you can possibly... I, I don't think Conley should be back. I don't think you can run... Uh, a lineup out there with Donovan Mitchell playing the two because the guy is a traffic cone uh, on defense, and that has been a huge problem for the Jazz. You move him to the point guard, you put some decent defensive wings around him, maybe you look a little bit better on the perimeter there. The Gobert question is, it's interesting. He's on a massive contract, but he's still really good at what he does. Yeah. Also, he gets exposed in the playoffs quite a bit just because... You know, the way the Jazz play defense, it's going to lead to wide open threes, and a lot of teams want to generate those three-pointers. Maybe another team defends differently with Rudy Gobert and uh, doesn't just necessarily get eviscerated in small ball lineups anymore. So they got a lot of questions to answer. Um, I think other teams would be most interested in acquiring Donovan Mitchell. He seems to be the guy that every team uh, would want. Like, if you're the Knicks, you want Donovan Mitchell more than you want Rudy Gobert, no doubt about it, but... That also means the Jazz want it. So they got a lot of questions to answer. Obviously, Quinn Snyder's a big question yeah. as well. Um, he seems more like a most likely to leave, but I don't know. Rudy wants to retire a Jazz. That's what everybody says, though. So I think a lot of things will change with this Jazz team. I think they'll probably try and build around Donovan Mitchell, but maybe there are tough options here. Yeah, and Mitchell's got to be better in his leadership because defensively yeah. he was terrible, yeah. I thought, as well. Just just sloppy on the perimeter there. And even on offense... He had uh, a bad series. He yeah. shot under 40%. He yeah. couldn't hit a three to save his life. Yeah. He still gets his 25-26. He's good for that. But, but it's kind of empty, though, isn't it? Like it, It's a bit more like he's just going to get his. And, well, uh, it definitely hurts when you... Maybe you get your team 25, but you probably gave up a good Oh, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, you know, th- there's no doubt for me that the offensive talent that he's got is probably the one you do want to keep over Rudy but the good news for the Jazz is if they decide to move on from one of these they should get a really good package in return because a ton of teams will take Rudy Gobert his reputation might be a little bit up and down but so many teams would love to have a guy who you know can rebound and defend and block shots and do all those things and and Rudy's a fairly good teammate by all aspects as far as he understands he doesn't get a ton of opportunities on the offensive end but he always puts in when he can on the defensive end so I'm not suggesting a trade here but I'm saying someone like Brooklyn for example who'd have a very shallow like uh, uh, internal defense, yeah. they would love to have Rudy Gobert yeah. back there. You know, be a lot of teams. Yeah, so uh, you know the Charlotte Hornet, but then they don't really have all that enticing stuff for the Jazz to take back. So Gordon if- Hayward back to Utah, <laughs> baby. I mean, from the contract, is Barber still there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> Contractually, <laughs> yes, something like that. Inflation, but, but the- <laughs> probably more than thirty bucks. Uh, <laughs> but the Jazz, you know, the Jazz. So if they do field offers, they, they should get a healthy, healthy offer for either or both if they decide to. Um, but uh, it, to me me Snyder's had a fairly long run he'll get a coaching job somewhere else I think people like that but I think you just need a new voice now if you're going to go in a different direction because otherwise it's three seasons in a row now that Jazz just honestly flamed out in the playoffs yeah yeah and especially with Luca missing the first part of this series I mean the opening was there but uh, they got they got Brunson Bernard Um, (laughs) there's just no way though that this core is back next season right you're betting against that being the case like, this Danny Ainge too makes moves. He's like he ain't afraid to like. But is he? Make some uh, so it's, uh, well, he's part of the yeah. obviously the decision yeah. making tree there. Zanuck, isn't it? Uh, Justin Zanuck yeah. is their GM. And I'm Danny assuming is the... Danny's got a bit of. No, a voice I, I know, in that but uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure who sort of has the final say there. But yeah. obviously, Danny wouldn't be there if he didn't have exactly. some new influence. And so you think one one of the will be gone, and, and Quinn Snyder probably uh, is done in Utah as well. 
Uh, yeah, I think the roster goes first. To me, okay. Trader Danny's going to make something happen. I think Danny <laughs> is there to yeah, tra- just definitely blow this thing up. The the Jazz have gone from the Utah Jazz to the Utah Blues. It's uh, yeah, nice. the, I mean Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, thinking about that. Sh- did you write that one? Or no, you well, I just that? did. Now oh, after after good. Trey was saying, maybe we shouldn't have a team. I mean, just just go without a roster. Let's let's maybe you change the name. Go from different type of music, blues. Sure, for now, St. Louis blues. They work. They they want a they want a Stanley Cup. Shout out to John Hamm. Oh, he's a St. Louis Blues fan. (laughs) Only reason I know that is I just saw a clip on Twitter of uh, our Canadian friends uh, Renee Paquette and um, um, help me out. She works at the NHL Network. Jackie. Jackie Redmond. Yeah. they're talking to John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a Blues fan. Yeah, they yeah. won they won the cup a couple years sure, ago, I, I guess. Know. I don't know. Wayne Gretzky was a member of the Blues once. Weird. Anyway, um <laughs> what were we talking about? The Utah Jazz. You wanted to get rid of the entire team name, have the to. franchise. They I don't know have, what you well, does, oh. does Donovan Mitchell want to be there? I think that's the I first. don't think so at all. I and at that's all. and at least Rudy Gobert has a beehive. And, and started a home. Some like, roots. Well, he's going to be 30 soon. It's not like he's young, and you would tend to lean again with the younger player, but it didn't seem like Donovan really played with his heart and soul in this series. I agree. And Rudy did, even if it wasn't all that beneficial. And uh, I, think I thought Rudy was better than Mitchell in this series, no doubt about it. Um, I mean, he the defense was a problem, but the defense was also a problem because of Donovan Mitchell. But I also don't think Dwayne Wade bought into the Jazz to coach Rudy, or to have a Rudy Gobert-led team. Mm-hmm. I think he's there because of Donovan Mitchell. So mm-hmm. I think that probably has a factor in it as well. There's a lot of new voices, yeah. obviously, yeah. Uh, in the Jazz front office right now. So we shall see. I mean, Mitchell's going to get the most back, for sure. Yeah. Being a younger guy, being a more famous guy and just kind of like a higher ceiling kind of player but I don't know you saw me I was trying to work trades to get Rudy Gobert to the Bulls teams will take him once he gets away yeah. from the Jazz oh, yeah. if you put him on a team with a better lob passer he'll be even better as well yeah mm-hmm. for sure I, I wonder yeah. Donovan I know we make this comparison to Dwayne Wade but Dwayne Wade wanted to be in Miami until he didn't want to be in Miami. And, and then he wanted to be in Miami again. Yeah. He's like, oh, bad, yeah. bad. Had to put the Cavs yeah. patch on that on that Hall of Fame jacket. Had to put – I guess they just put the heat patch once. They didn't put it twice. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just – I don't think that Mitchell wants to be there. It doesn't feel like it. And, and what's his number one issue? If Rudy goes, is he happy to be there? I suppose that's a possibility, but it's just it's odd watching from this side after seeing Donovan Mitchell be yeah number one guy, and maybe he has to be a point guard as Tony Jones said at the Athletic. That was a good little rundown, uh, but he can score with the best of them. And then this series, he just wasn't even close to that guy. Mm-hmm. All right, well let's move on. Let's look ahead. Suns Mavs. That is the second round series, also known as the Western Conference mm. semifinals. Uh, yeah, why aren't the Western Conference quarterfinals the first round? I know. This is what <laughs> I said. Hey, I asked him, what do you like? Do you like calling them the semifinals or second round? I'm a second round. Second man. round, man. Yeah, of course because you are. Because you say semifinals, and then is it the semifinals of the conference, or is it the semifinals? <laughs> you, because right. you go from semifinals <laughs> to finals to finals. That's right, Dad. Yeah, that's right. why it's that's, a second round here. Sorry okay? if I missed this conversation. No, it's You don't right. get a t-shirt if you win the conference semis, though. Okay, you only get a t-shirt if you win the conference finals. <laughs> yes. That's a good point. That's, that's how right. you determine that's uh, right. accolades in, that's in right. your life. Free t-shirts. Okay, so <laughs> Suns Mavericks, this is going to get started uh, early next week. I believe. Do we have the schedule? Is that uh, one out? Um, it's going to be Monday. probably Monday it's or a Tuesday. Monday. Is it? Okay. It's a Monday, yeah. Um, so let's break it down. You know, again, things to watch, tasks, X factors, you know, ultimately predictions I think we can make here maybe today. Uh, no, I guess we would have Monday show too, but have at it. 
You excited well, for this one? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I mean, starting from the, just the basics, the Suns aren't going to leave Mav shooters open the way the Jazz did. Right. I mean, right. as simple as that. And I think this is going to be a lot on Jalen Brunson's shoulders to score a lot in the mid-range because the Suns are going to do a good job of taking Luka away to some degree. I think you're going to see find, find they're going to find a way to get Mikel Bridges on him mm-hmm. and, and show him some length. Um, there, I, I don't think if if we look up and down the roster. The Mavs can win without Jalen Brunson having a real good night. If he has an off night, I don't think they win because the Suns have the advantage inside. We saw what DeAndre Ayton did against Jonas Valanciunas. He was really, really good. He had 22 in this last game. Now he's going to go up against Dwight Powell and Maxi Kleba. Advantage there. The Mavs, if they have any advantage, it's uh, high-scoring guards. And I think... Uh, Luca's going to have to trust Jalen because they're going to get the ball out of his hands and show him a, a billion different defenses. So it's up to Dinwiddie, but mainly Jalen Brunson because he can get into the interior more than Spencer Dinwiddie can and score. Uh, the Suns are going to be a hundred percent healthy, you know, as healthy as you possibly can be. Three nights off, and Devin Booker, you know, fairly healthy yeah. as, as he played here in Game Six uh, with thirty-two minutes. I say the Mavs have a bit of an advantage at the guard spot. Do they? I mean, I, I, I don't. That's their only thing that they can really truly look at and say. Maybe we have more scoring guards if you know Dem Booker and Chris Paul are forced to guard Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie. Mostly Brunson. Again, I think it's on Brunson to have big nights. They're going to have to score a lot. The threes aren't going to be raining down as much as they were as they were against Utah. So to me, it's a lot on Brunson's shoulders. The Suns team, yeah, as we said about the Pels, they got warm. They're ready to play good ball and get out uh, on very good uh, shooters. And the Mavs, yeah, they want to shoot 40, 45 times and and hope they go down. But the Suns are going to be out there, man. So I think it's going to be Brunson in the mid-range. has got to score a ton. What do you think? Mike? Well, Finney Smith, I think, and Maxi Kleber as well. If those guys are hitting threes, then the Mavs are a chance. But I think the perimeter defense from Phoenix is going to be much better in this series than it was uh, against the Utah Jazz. And also, the Mavs uh, really are going to have to figure out how to do something about DeAndre Ayton. In the series against Jonas Valanciunas, he averaged 20 points on 70% shooting. Mm-hmm. And he got uh, 10 rebounds a game. It goes completely overlooked, too. Oh, yeah. No one because, really talks about Ayton at, uh, at all, really. He's got that, that mid-range just like, you catch it yeah. and throw it. And he's, it's a sort of a Jokic, like, pushy sort of floaty yeah. shot, but very, very effective. I mean, to, to knock in 70% is incredible. So Dwight Powell is going to have his hands for whoever's on, you know, Kleber, they're going to throw a few guys at him. But the Suns know that that's a big advantage for them. So they're going to spread the floor with their shooters, and then they can try to take advantage. So, but if those Mavs guys are hitting them shots, they're a chance. Well, yeah, but- you had... DFS hit 17 threes in yeah. this last series. You had Bullock hit 17 threes in this last series. Maxi Kleba hit 16. He shot over 50% from mm. three. In addition to Brunson hitting a lot, Luka, you know, uh, can catch fire. That, that they, They're going to need to knock down a ton of threes again like they did against the Jazz, but I'm with Tass. They're not going to be as open Definitely not. as they were the against Suns are good at defense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they all play defense. Yeah. And they play it on the perimeter, which is big, which I, I'm with you, Lee. I think Aiton is definitely the X factor here. He wasn't very good against the Mavericks. Uh during the regular season, he shot 60%, which is nice, but only 13 points per game. Just, he needs to shoot the ball, you know, because uh, the Suns do not have a small ball lineup, really. They don't have a small ball center, and the Mavs are at their best when they're playing small, but Aiton should be able to punish that, and he's yeah. a lot more talented than Gobert is offensively, but there are just times when he drifts and doesn't impose his will inside. If he's able to be consistent for this entire game, that's a huge win for the Suns. 
I'm really excited to see Bridges and Doncic go big time. Those arms of uh, Mike Mikhail Bridges. Why do you want to keep? I know, I know, Mike? I, I know, I know. Mike Bridges, <laughs> Mikhail, <laughs> Mikhail. There's a football player called Michael Bridges who used to play. Anyway, soccer. Uh, but um, but the, but this is the sort of challenge that Bridges is going to be like. I want Doncic. I want to be the guy who sort of shuts him down and slows him down. Now he won't shut him down, but he can certainly make life difficult for him because uh, he's so athletic, he's so long, and he's quick and. Doncic has still got this Kyle Anderson pace that can still fool the other defenders to getting those of shots off. Uh, but that should be really exciting. I know Tim Cato mentioned he wonders if uh, they might put Brunson uh, Bridges on Brunson because they were former college teammates, so he knows how to play him, and almost stifle that second man mm. first. I don't think so, but maybe at some point in the series we'll see it if Brunson is having one of uh, you know one of those really good games. Well, this is what Tass was talking about. Like, can Brunson play much better than he just played in a six-game series? I mean. The guy averaged 28 points per game. I mean, four and four. Like he shot, you know, 48 percent from the floor, decent from three on a, on a lot of attempts, 36 uh, percent from downtown. Like I, I don't think Brunson has another level to him here. But you're you're asking. I think you are having to ask a lot. Like you gotta be this 25 a night, 25 to 30 here for us to to win four of these games against the Suns and pull off the upset. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I agree with what you're saying. But that's that's a, that's a lot to ask from this guy. I think. Yeah, and those numbers would be a heck of an accomplishment without Luca there because he wasn't there for half the series, so he had the ability right. to just go for forty. Uh, so if he got if he gets those numbers, um, then that's the Mavs recipe for me because I don't think they're going to outscore DeAndre Ayton on the inside, uh, and Luca is going to have Mikel Bridges on him. I think Jalen Brunson has to hopefully uh, be able to take that Chris Paul matchup or that Devin Booker matchup. Uh, and lick his lips and go at it uh, and and create for others as well. I think Luca's going to trust Brunson. I think he did a good job of trusting his other guys in four, five, six when he came back. Uh, but that's the key for me is uh, Brunson being able to go off. Uh, <laughs> it's like just like did. so funny to think, like imagine going from going around Mike Conley for a series to then, uh, you know, yeah. Chris Paul, even Booker who puts in a lot he more does. effort def- defensively. I thought he had a great little uh, stop on Ingram there last night down the stretch, actually. Like, really, it made it difficult, at least, for Ingram to try and hit a shot. Cam That's going to be well, uh, a bit of a change. Cam Johnson. Yeah. yeah, great point. Okay, well, let's start making predictions on this. Suns. Um, Mavericks. Task is started. Mm, I can't bet against the Phoenix Suns. I think, yeah, that first-round series was such a nice little warm-up for them. They have these three days off. Mm-hmm. They will be as close to 100% as possible. And, uh, yeah, Mikel Bridges is a good matchup. I know Luca has that change of pace, but Mikel Bridges also has a change of pace. Like, you can't can't shake that dude. I mean, he is going to be on him at, as much as the Phoenix Suns can possibly get him to stick on him. So Luca could try and get him in. It could get him into foul trouble with his just physicality, mm-hmm. I think. You know, it's the one thing that Bridges is going to have on him in terms mm-hmm. of just size, you know. He's a smart defender, so he picks up a couple quick, cheap ones. So I'm sure he'll adapt. But sorry to cut. You I don't. Yeah, I wonder if Luca. I say he's going to trust his guys. I hope he does because this is Luca in round two for the first time. Very exciting. I, I thought he, you know, tends to get a teeny bit shot happy, and uh, that happened a little bit in game six. And and I hope 
for his sake and the Mavs' sake, they're going to get the most out of their team, I think, if he is trusting, again, of all the guys, uh, Brunson, Dinwiddie, and, and Dorian Finney-Smith, who I love the DFS acronym. It's fun to say. Uh, Daily this, Fantasy Sports. Daily Fantasy Sports. Wow. All, all, I, I've never thought of that. Uh, I always think of DMX. I always think of <laughs> DMX. Yeah. DMX. Nice. DFS. What you really want? Let's go, too. Uh, wow, they should play that in the arena. Yeah, I guess. Uh, if they're allowed, they should. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I got the Suns being able to shut down Luca and friends, and being out, being able to get to those three point shooters. Give me in six. Okay, Suns and six. Trey, let's go to you next. I'm right with Tass. I think it's Suns and six. They've been the best team this entire year. I think that they match up well enough against the Mavericks to continue that, and I think that the Mavericks are going to find it a lot harder playing against Phoenix than they do. Or than they did against the Jazz. One more question, though, is if Jay Crowder will actually be able to shoot the ball because he finished three for 26. <laughs> oh, he's due. Yeah, he's, he's due. At some he's point, due he's for a big series. Oh, we didn't even talk about the uh, FJ yeah, yeah, Crowder yeah, shirts yeah. that they acquired Everyone, during yeah. the game and were wearing. Yeah. But I also, I also do think the Mavs can shoot the ball, you know? Yeah. Right? Like, and if, they, yeah. if they're hitting threes, that's a huge uh, swing stat in their favor. Mm, yeah, Jay Crowder's having five threes in game one. He just is. Five for five, probably. <laughs> Calling it. Um, but uh, I, look, Phoenix swept him in the regular season. Does that mean anything? Probably not. Maybe it does. Who knows? Uh, I just think seeing Devin Booker back last night sort of thought made me feel like he's going to get a couple of days rest. Yeah. They're at full strength. They're at home. I love the Aiton uh, advantage they have there. So I'll also be on the Suns in six. Okay. Wow. Mm. I seriously contemplated Suns in four. Straight sweep. But I'll split the difference with you guys. I'll go Suns in five. I actually think they're going to be dominant. I loved what happened in the first round against Pelicans. Said that time and time again. And it's going to be a rude awakening for the Mavs. Also, they're playing a team that can hit threes. This is the other part. The Jazz could not hit a three in this series against them. There were looks. They were there. But they couldn't knock them down consistently. That's not going to be the case with the Suns. And yeah, Booker barely really even talked about him. There are going to be times in the series where, oh yeah, he's the best player actually Mm -hmm. out there on the floor. And that's with Luka and that's with Chris Wall and stuff like that. So I'll go Suns in five. But close games. Which is going to favor Phoenix as well. That's the other part. I mean, these are close games. you got Chris Paul and Booker making these decisions. What about Luke? Have they even... I mean, yeah, Luke, Luke does go for the home run shot. A little yeah. too much for my liking. But then, he, then he'll he he'll go yard a couple times. You're like, wow, <laughs> holy crap. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's Rob Deere, you know? He swings <laughs> for the fences. He either Rob knocks it out Deere. of the park or he goes down with a uh, strikeout. You remember Rob Deere? No, but I oh. remember Paul Kanako. <laughs> Who? Paul Kanoka. <laughs> I, I had him in fantasy. What? I had him in fantasy baseball. I swear. <laughs> Homer to deep left. Paul Kanoka, first baseman. He was a gr- I loved him in fantasy baseball. Deep left. He's a left. He's a lefty hitter. Uh, I thought he'd be a pole. Is he a lefty? Right. I thought he was a righty. Uh, I don't know. Fact check. Maybe I'm thinking of another man. Paul. Maybe I'm thinking of Paul O'Neill. Man, he just homered nonstop. Where did that? Where did that? Right handed. Yeah, right handed. Is that his right. name? Is Paul Crokinole? So <laughs> <laughs> you said you ever played that? No. Oh, it's a great game. Uh, Alejandro Kirk is the new Paul Kernerko. Okay. All right. I got sons in five. These guys got sons in six. Let's hear from you guys out there in the stream team. Uh, listening later, tweet at us your predictions for Suns Mavs. Get started early next week. I love baseball. Sorry. I love baseball. I love baseball. <laughs> baseball media day photos, way better than basketball media yeah, day right. photos. You just get more of a breadth of player. Yeah, because they just look like that guy that I'm looking at your screen right now. Maybe we'll send it to, J- to JD and have a look at it after the break. That yeah, guy we got to just... see this guy. That looks like he's got a nice lawn and, you know, he's yeah. got two kids and that just looks like a dude that I see in my neighborhood. <laughs> like <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll take our first break and then get into the Eastern Conference game from last night, unfortunately, and then look ahead to Sixers Heat. Don't go anywhere. 
I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, back in the Classic Factory here. Drop podcast on a Friday. Let's talk about the shitty game from last night. Uh, Joel Embiid scored 33 as the Sixers finish off the wraps in Game 6. Final score, 132 to 97 uh and Tass, we got the uh, raptors unfortunately unfortunately with their patented third quarter collapse where they just can't score mm-hmm. and the sixers have broke things open in uh really the middle of that third quarter they went on a 22 to 3 run raps couldn't score for like four or five minutes i think they hit one bucket over like a seven minute stretch maxi hitting threes feeling good and then philly led by 20 with like you know five minutes to go in the third quarter and it was Ova, Ova. Uh, and it was tough to watch, obviously, as a Raps fan, and everybody wanted a Game 7. And Philly's Big Four, they said, no, we're not going back to Philly. They're going to boo us there. we got to win this game. <laughs> uh, but Joel Embiid, 33-10. and 10, Harded, 22-15. and 15. I thought this was the best he had played yep. uh, in this series. Maxi again, back to, like, early Maxi in the series. 25 points, 5-12 from deep. And then Tobias Harris, who was really consistent all series long, for the most part, 19-11. and 11. And then you had Danny Green splashing <laughs> threes. Uh, as the uh, you know the crap cherry on top of that six or Sunday for me, um, so everybody played well, and they and the Raptors, they just couldn't stay in front of a single Sixers attacker. I thought last night, um, 
and they got hammered. Good yeah, win. the Sixers came out of their locker room and said, uh, we're finishing the series right here, right now. Yeah, the Raps couldn't stay in front of anyone. A lot of it was, there's so many guys coming at us. They had several guys yeah, coming at them. Yeah. Even though they scored 132 points, I do think this game was lost in the fact that there's just not enough shooting around Pascal Siakam. He sure. was the point guard getting into the lane, and nobody really wanted to let it rip from the outside because they weren't comfortable hitting shots. That's where they missed Fred Van Vliet. Sometimes you're going to get these big offensive games from talented guys in the NBA like Embiid and, as you said, Harden, his best game, and uh, Maxi, who's come and played at another level. The Danny Green shots were definitely dagger Dannys because <laughs> if you make him put it on the floor, like the Raps were doing, they were getting out to him uh, on the defensive end, and he had to put down a dribble, and he was still hitting shots. This was one of those special Danny games, and those were uh, big points, I think, uh, as the game went on. Yeah, not enough shooting. Great season, though. But that was Raps all- fans still waiting. They're still waiting until that final buzzer, until yeah. they... They checked everybody out. Uh, great fans up there in Toronto, even though they've priced out a bunch of them. And I know... I thought the crowd sucked. I'm going to say it. Compare what? that crowd last night. I'm talking about the first half, when it was still a game. Compare that to what was going on in New Orleans and even Utah. It was night and day. It was mm-hmm. jarring going from that game to those other games. The electricity, the hype in the crowd. I thought it was, was lame. Scary. Sometimes Raptors fans now, get a little scared. They stuck around and gave them the ovation that I think the team deserved from a good season. Uh, and coming back, obviously, from Tampa and all that, kudos to those people. But I thought it was pretty brutal. Am I, am I wrong? No, it wasn't translating. There was some butt, around, some, butt, some butt squeezing. Yeah. I think in that first Why? <laughs> that was, that's, the, that was a, that's a weird game to be butt squeezing because you're down 3-0 in the series. Like, we thought this was going to be a zoo up there. And it wasn't. It, it was, and I it was think a petting zoo. It was brutal, in my mm. opinion. I didn't think they brought, and it was a classic third quarter. Nobody back in their seats, and that's when the Sixers go on their runs. Like, I mean, you set your watch by it. It's amazing, but mm-hmm. uh, the Sixers played an incredible game, and maybe that's a big part of it. It's like they helped take the crowd out of it. Yeah, <laughs> but I just don't think they were really even there from the jump. But maybe it's that seven o'clock start got him in Toronto there, TK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the I think the problem was that Harden was too good last night. Yeah, that guy was he. That was like the Harden that you're expecting if you traded for him if yeah. you're in Philadelphia. And I thought they had just a smart game plan where they would run a pick and roll. They would get Gary Trent Jr. onto James cool. Harden, and then they would bring Joel Embiid up because Gary Trent Jr. is much smaller than Embiid picks him off, and then it's just a runway to the rim for Harden. So I thought that was pretty smart uh, from Doc Rivers. Shout out to that coaching adjustment oh, from yeah. Doc. He was right, man. The Sixers did have another playoff gear here, and it came out in the second half. They won the second half by 34 points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Like, this was a close game at halftime, even if the crowd wasn't bumping. But sometimes you just got to have your worst playoff loss at home in franchise history. It happens to everyone, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even I'll admit, as a Raps fan, in the first half when it was a one-point game, it was first off way too high scoring for the Raps to really win it. It was like in the 60s, right? It was 61-60, I think, at the half. And also it was like Chris Boucher was the best player for oh, the Raptors. Yeah. It was like, okay, he's killing it, doing work on the boards, keeping them alive. And then Gary Trent Jr. was hitting shots, and it was like, ooh, I'm not sure I like the Raps' chances, Lee, in the second half if Boucher and Gary Trent Jr. are the ones sort of leading the team. Siakam had a good overall game, mm-hmm. but it was a bunch of offers from a bunch of the other guys, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, OG and Precious and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I-, I think, though, for Philadelphia, they had 32 assists in this game. That's the most in-, in the whole series, and they had 29 in game one in the other blowout. So when they moved that ball, yeah. 
they're just way more effective on the offensive end. And uh, Danny Green, he kept them in in the second quarter. He did all four Absolutely. threes then. And that was kind of like, all right, if Danny Green's doing that, you've got to capitalize on that for the Raptors. And they just weren't able to. And then in that little run, Maxi, I thought was really good. He had a couple of threes and he pushed the pace as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Harris got the corner three. And that sort of like was like, hey, just run at these guys and see if you can break them down because they've, they've been playing heavy minutes, the Raptors. No excuses. They've been playing heavy minutes, though. And I think that sort of just caught up with them a little bit. They didn't have the legs. And uh, Precious, he's been a little... Uh, he's been good in this series. Oh, he has. He has. wasn't good last night, not, though. Not, not, not at all. Um, and OG, I didn't think... Uh, he was okay, but he didn't really have it last night, I didn't think. So the foul, Raptors... Foul trouble stunk. Yeah, yeah and, and the Raptors just had to be... They had to be like the Suns, had to be perfect. And they, and they were pretty good in the first half, but that third quarter blew it open. And Joel Embiid, he was bottling it all up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we got it. We got the airplane out of him. Yep. So uh, congratulations to the Sixers, though, because they answered a lot of questions in this game, in this series. They were under the pump, for sure. You could feel Doc Rivers, that, that sort of thing he had with the media, that was him feeling the pressure of, like, we don't want to blow it. James Harden hadn't been good. He was yep. much more aggressive, just aggressive yeah. last night. Like, he just hasn't been that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the fact that they were on the road, the Raptors were like feeling good. Everything's going their way. And the Sixers have a convincing victory. So <laughs> congratulations to them. Um, they deserve it. Yeah, moving on. Uh, just to wrap up the Raptors season, you said it was a good season. Damn uh, right. It was. Yeah, because for what reasons? What, what are you pointing at? Well, the over-under win total, let's start with that, was whatever, 34 and a half or so. Smashed it. Yeah. Uh, and they overcame a ton of injuries to get to that mark. It's surprising when... You look back at their season and how many guys were out, and Fred basically being half a Fred in the you know the last thirty games of the season. They came together uh, when it was unexpected. Scotty Barnes was the biggest revelation of all of them, being the Roy, the Roddy. Some will people will say <laughs> it's a Roy. It's not rookie of the year. Just say Roy. It's fine. Uh, right. That the way he came along and uh, stole the show, and added a piece uh, to this Raptors team that was uh, surprising. Even if you were a Masai Ujiri believer, to have Scotty Barnes come out and play this way as the number four pick, that's the biggest revelation of of them all. And Pascal Siakam shut up a lot of people with what he did. He came from uh, the season that, you know, he was a monster in 2019, and then the bubble playoffs didn't work out for him. And then last season was a down season, but he came back to be that guy he was in, in 2019. Maybe not a number one guy, but if he had shooters around him, things would have been different in this series, I think. Yeah, I would just add to that too. And this is no surprise with the Raptors and their organization, but development from Precious Achua, who had a bad game six, no doubt, but got better as the season mm-hmm. went on. Um, Boucher, obviously, Gary Trent Jr. too. So like you're seeing that development from some of their guys. They avoided the play-in tournament and got Scotty Barnes some some reps here like a playoff series and they made it interesting for an extra week when they went down oh, yeah. 3-0 and beat hits that huge three uh to take that game you're like oh they could have just rolled over and died and they didn't mm-hmm. and they won two games and had a lot of people including myself convinced it was at least going seven and they were going to become one of those rare teams to do it but sixers just had all their guys led by Embiid too i loved him say give me the damn ball yeah i'm parking my ass right in the paint and give me the ball and he was upset at times mm-hmm. when it wasn't happening. It was yeah, great. In the first and then half, you're right, yeah. Harden. And it's not like we don't need Harden. You don't need Harden scoring 40 points. Nah. You got him beat. You need Harden just being aggressive, mm-hmm. getting into the paint and setting up shooters and getting in the line, of course. And then when he starts feeling it, oh, then you see the old Harden, the little bounce back sidestep three, and you hit a couple of those too. So yeah, they, they you know they got it going here for Game Six. They looked they looked like the much better team. I mean that's mm-hmm. the truth. Definitely for the start of the series and then of course at the end but yeah Raptors gave them a run at least for their money and 
Gave us a couple more shows mm-hmm. and games to talk about. Um, well, let's get into the Heat Sixers preview then. Let's do it, because this one starts on Monday, Game 1, South Florida. Top-seeded Heat, remember, beat the Hawks in five. Took the Sixers six games uh, to move on from the Raps. So, keys to watch, X-Factors and predictions. Trey? I think this one's kind of tough to call, because the Sixers have the best player in Joel Embiid. Maybe they could have the best two players, depending on what you're getting from James Harden. That's probably a game-to-game thing. But the Heat definitely have a deeper team, a better coach. They're much more consistent, and they have solid top-level talent as well. But I guess the first question is health. I think Jimmy Butler, not really anything to worry about. Seemed like he was just resting in Game 5. I think it was his first playoff game he ever missed. Still found a way to get a $15,000 fine by (laughs) dropping the humps on the sideline. So (laughs) contributing in other ways, which is nice. Lowry, though, definitely more concerning. Uh, Hamstrings are the worst injury to have in the playoffs this Mm. season. A lot of hamstrings going around right now, but if Lowry's able to play, the matchups just make sense across the board, really, for both teams on both sides. Embiid and Bam, sure. Harden and Butler, sure. Maxie and Lowry, I assume. Harris and Tucker, Green and Struess. I've got a lot more faith in Miami's bench. What it comes down to, I think, is who shoots threes better. This series was split in the regular season 2-2. The winning team made more threes in every single one of those games, and it really makes sense when you think about it. The Heat just shoot threes. They like to shoot threes. That's where they get a lot of their offense. And the Sixers, that's what their role guys have to do after you collapse on Embiid or Harden gets into the paint and kicks it out. So that's where it's all going to come down to, who's able to get hot from the outside, I do think, because both teams are solid defensively and they're going to make it tough on their opponents. Like, you know the Heat are going to throw some crazy stuff at Joel Embiid to try and take him out of his game. They'll obviously make it tough on Harden as well. And then the Sixers have just solid defensive talent in Embiid and and Thibel if he's able to stay on the court there. So this seems to me to be a really tough series. I think these teams are going to hate each other Mm. uh, by the end of the series, no doubt. I look forward to uh, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid. I think they like each other. I think Jimmy's a big Joel Embiid Mm. fan. But they also love talking trash to each yeah. other, so that should be pretty fun. Yeah, well, I think Embiid wanted them to keep Jimmy, didn't yeah. he? And uh, he sort of has made that clear. And Jimmy has really stepped it up in the playoffs. He did miss that last game, but otherwise he had the 45-point game against the Heat, or the Hawks, and he's been shooting that three well, which he doesn't usually shoot. So that's going to be huge. I'm really interested to see the Bam and Joel Embiid oh, yeah. matchup. If one of those gets the other guy in foul trouble, that's going to leave a huge hole for the other team right, right. because they don't really have... DeAndre Jordan's not uh, coming out there to cause any problems there for Bam. So, But the good thing, again, about Miami, they don't rely on one guy to have to do that 45-point game. They've got they've got a very good bench. Tyler Hero, you know that uh, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess is going to come off the uh, bench and, and give them everything. So it's going to come down, I think, a lot too as well, what those uh, role players, like what, what was Tyrese Maxey going to give them in this series? He was really good for a couple of games against the Raptors, not so good in a couple others, but he's quick. For example, a matchup against Kyle Lowry, he can get past Kyle Lowry I think but then Vincent and Struis and those guys can probably uh, yeah. cause him a Vincent few more especially. yeah they, they'll quick. get right in his face So, and Tyler Hero what sort of uh, uh, impact is he going to have in this series I think that's going to be huge so this one should be a, a, a 90s style basketball I think they're going to be grinding in this yeah. you know PJ Tucker's going to want that Joel Embiid matchup for a few possessions too and he's just going to jump on him and bite him and- <laughs> <laughs> kinky <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm salivating at the Bam Embiid matchup here yeah. I think Bam is going to take this one personally because because uh, you know, he feels like he was overlooked in the defensive player year and all that, and he's like, okay, I'll go and shut this guy down. They only met once in the regular season, and Beat only shot 4 of 15, got his free throws, though. He got to 22 points, but Bam played him well. They'll, they'll live, I think, a lot with just Bam playing him straight up. 
you know, send doubles here and there. Yeah. You know, keep him on his toes and try and force him into turnovers. But they're mm-hmm. they're going to be all confident with Bam being able to quote unquote contain him. And uh, I can't wait to watch that unfold and how Embiid uh, handles it. No doubt, they're going to try and do it one on one. This Heat team is is still a little bit overlooked to me, even though they took care of the Hawks. Uh, when I was in Vegas, they were definitely the second screen experience. <laughs> they weren't the prime prime spot, even though. Their game was coming to a close, and the Wolves and Grizzlies still had like a full quarter, and and the Heat were or the Heat Hawks were just in the last minute, still on the secondary <laughs> screen. I think people are forgetting Bam is that good, uh, and I think that creates some problems for Tyrese Maxey and for James Harden as well. If uh, you know, unlike the Sixer series where the Raptors had to double and beat, they had to throw so many bodies, and that that I think really helped out Maxey. And helped out a juicy Harden uh, when he when he wanted to when he wanted to play like he did in, in Game Six there, so I, I think the Heat just have that extra gear that the Sixers showed in Game Six against the Raps, but I don't think they can do it consistently. And, and so I think that the the matchups are a little bit better for the Miami Heat. I think Spolster is going to go deep on that bench. He's going to throw out a bunch of guys, as you guys said. Gabe Vincent will probably get some uh, maxi minutes, even though he's not you know considered a, the starting guard depending on what happens with Lowry. I like the week off that Jimmy Butler got, essentially. Yep. He played on Sunday, uh, and that was his last game. He's not going to have to play till Monday, so that's a full seven days there. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Heat are a little bit fresher, and they have a better, uh, they have extra gear. They got the depth. Uh, yeah, what, the three-point shot is really interesting, um, what's going to happen there. But, uh, but I do like the matchups for the Heat in this one. Predictions. Trey, what do you think? This is tough. I, I actually, you know... I feel like a lot of these uh, second round matchups. I know we're going to get mm. to uh, Celtics box and make our official predictions in a second here. It's difficult. I'm like, oh, I, I yeah. go either way with some of these, but where do you start, Trey? Yeah, I guess people were right. The top four in the Eastern Conference is pretty tough here. <laughs> uh, I hate to see a seven in here. I got heat and seven, but it makes me feel like such a coward. Like you can't really go either way. Like that's mm. a that's the coward's way of picking a series. But I'm going heat and seven. Okay. Uh, I just have a little bit more faith in in the Heat in a in a do or die situation, uh, and they would also. Have have home court advantage but this should be a banger of a series this this is the fight series okay yeah, <laughs> yeah series. this is the fight series yeah. somebody maybe misses a game even oh yeah throw it out there let's talk about it yeah well jimmy in philadelphia yeah he's going to be talking smack to sure, the fans Jesus. uh for, yeah no this is tough i um i think uh the reason i'm going with the heat is home court and that defense that we saw now it's different when they're going against the hawks versus philadelphia <laughs> but i just think a little bit like with joel and beat against the raptors i feel he might have to play 40 to 44 minutes a game to really be effective because the Sixers are going to miss him when he's on the bench i think so oh, don't say you don't trust paul reed well that's the right. that's the problem that's the <laughs> problem the depth, kill you. The depth mm-hmm. favors right. miami here and, and you just know that their focus is like just shut these guys down as much as you can so for those reasons uh i'm going with miami i think they do it in six heat and six yeah all right tess yeah, there's going to be a fight. I agree. We didn't even talk about the potential of uh, Dwayne Denman coming off the bench oh, and yeah. playing a little bit of backup minutes uh, against Joel Embiid. He definitely wasn't really will. needed against yeah. the Hawks, but yeah, he should be in the rotation. Dust off a Udonis Haslam gif. I wouldn't put in Udonis Haslam into the game, but he's going to be on the sideline. <laughs> he's got uh, six fouls he can throw at Joel Embiid if, he, if they need him. <laughs> a minute and a half of fighting? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> yeah, the depth, I think, is key. And I, I think... The way the round one has shaken down where we haven't got a game seven yet, you know, we have the potential of only having one. I think it's okay to say seven games. It's allowed because we haven't had one quite yet. 
so I will take the Heat in seven. I, I don't have a little, I, I think sometimes when we watch so much basketball, you kind of forget about the Heat, uh, you know, having not played for a few days. And so the Sixers are fresh in the mind. But I think the Heat are a better team. I'm, I'm going, sorry. Yeah, that's that's right. I yeah. was going to stop myself, but the Heat are the better team. I think like the James Harden wild card is like I don't you don't really know if Harden uh, like plays like he did in Game Six and at times a little bit in the uh, Raptors series. Then man, it's such a game changer because like is Butler going to go for thirty eight and six again like he did in the series against the the Hawks? I don't think so. I, don't I think mean, so it's going to be a lot different. Of, of mm. course, who's guarding him and like their defensive game plan too. So it's like I'm really I think Bam and Embiid as exciting as that will be as the big guys going at it. To me, it's like. Which one, especially in clutch situations, Harden and Jimmy Butler take over the game uh, when it's in a tight game in one of these close games? So I'm leaning towards the Heat. I guess I'll go Heat in six. I'm not a coward. I'm just kidding. I, I honestly feel like yeah. Heat in seven, too, but there's too many. So I'll go with you, Lee. Mm. Uh, heat in six. But everybody taking the Miami, Miami Heat here, and, and no one taking uh, the Sixers to get to the conference finals. They, they could. They could do it. It just feels they could. You know, less rest. They're traveling. Fatigue could be a factor with Embiid, I just think. I mean, more there's so. the whole... Okay, hold on. You talk about fights. There is the whole Embiid thumb here thing, too. Yeah. There's a bunch of guys on the Miami Heat that don't give a shit. No, they, they're going to they're gonna smack at that thing. Yeah. Smack they're going to hammer that thing. And that could, of course, lead to some pushing and shoving and some texts and flagrants and tosses and stuff like that. I'm just concerned about the Sixers wanting to turn it on when they want and not really playing 48 minutes like the Heat do. And James Harden... Yeah, I haven't seen a dunk like he had in the first quarter against the Raptors from him in a long time. But why did it take till game six? And Embiid, I'm not so worried He's about the thumb. He's sleep. Yeah, he, he lulled everybody <laughs> to sleep for sure. But I, I, even though it's kind of stupid to say that a team is fresher in the postseason because everybody gets rest in between games, the Heat are chilling uh, to some degree. I think that helps. Uh, and, the, and the Sixers, I don't trust them to get better as the playoffs go on and okay. i'm mainly thinking about their big guys uh, their main guys in in harden and Embiid, and, and it's on Embiid too he hasn't been in a conference finals quite yet and uh this is his time to do that but he's got to be so good against a very 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 tough team and coach so that's a lot on his shoulders and it's a lot on uh, jimmy james shoulders I, I think they'll do a good job of jimmy james, uh, jimmy james yeah <laughs> oh, yeah <boy. laughs> yeah you can't do that in a series where yeah. There's Jimmy a Jimmy Butler, yeah. and there's a James. We got to call James Jim- Harden James. <laughs> okay, no, let, no let's call yeah, James Harden Jimmy let's Harden. Let's yeah. call Jimmy Butler James Butler for this series. Really confuse people. Though we've said before, Trey, that Harden, like his spinach might be the nightlife. Mm. He just went to Toronto. You know, turned it on in a game six. Had you know, I had a couple days there. Uh, a lot of my, people are saying he had a huge game last night because he knew he'd get to spend the next week in Miami. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. This guy, like, <laughs> this guy could get stronger and better at being in Miami here. So starting the series, that could be good for the Sixers. I'm half kidding because uh, I think this guy plays better when he's up till like five in the morning. <laughs> Maybe so, yeah. All night. He's got that Iverson in him. Mm. Uh, we'll see. All right, so let's hear from everybody out there. Sixers Heat. Uh, what's your prediction? 
X Factors, what are you watching in that one? Let us know in the stream team. Okay, let's talk Celtics Bucks. We we started talking about this while you were there in Vegas, but you get to start a task, um, you know, your thoughts on this series that starts on Sunday, game one in the afternoon, I believe on ABC, getting the marquee slot there. What do you think? Well, I don't like that time slot for the Bucks coming out to shoot. I think the Celtics <laughs> are the better afternoon team. Ooh. Honestly, I think game one goes to Celtics. But anyways, let's get to the actual basketball. Chris Middleton's absence. Got to start with that. It stinks. I think on both ends. Yeah. Uh, defensively, we'll get to in a second. But offensively, yeah, it's got to be now without Middleton. Yanis, 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 Yanis. Yanis setting up everybody. And I don't think the Bucks get a Grayson Allen series like they did against the Bulls because the Celtics are just too good. They're going to be out there on all the shooters that Yanni sets up. I think Yanni's going to have to have like an NBA Finals type performance mm-hmm. where he went 35-13 and 5. He's got to have numbers like that with great percentages and that's hard to do. Your name's got to be Yanni or LeBron to do that. Maybe Yanni can do it again, but this is a Celtics team that's got the recipe to slow him down like they did against Durant before he gets the ball. Bang bang, he's going to hit somebody. Whether it's Marcus Smart, who they put on him in the regular season, uh, which sounds a little crazy, but I think he's going to get bumped by him. And then a guy like Al Horford, who has the length, who is playing his best ball, who's a really, really great defender, shot 60% from three on the other end, and then rim protection with Robert Williams. So you've got a nice little recipe to slow him down. And uh, Boston's just good at slowing down uh, an opposing start. They're just so good to fight against uh, defensively against stars like that. So... I didn't mention Drew Holiday. I think Drew Holiday kind of has to be their second guy because I don't think they're going to let set shooters really beat them like Grayson Allen and Wesley Matthews. I think Drew, like Kyrie, went off in game one uh, against the Celtics. Drew could, but I'm not sure if he can do that uh, for enough games in this series. So Middleton's going to be missed there and on defense too because I think Jason Tatum's going to look huge out there because I'm not sure who they're going to put on Jason Tatum. I think Drew Holiday might get a lot of minutes mm-hmm. on him and that, that size advantage is a problem. Do you, you can put Bobby Portis on him, which uh, I mean, not sure, but he's too he's too quick for him. There's, it's just gonna hurt because their their wing defense, their wing guys like Jalen Brown, uh, is going to go up, against, go up against Wesley Matthews. Tatum's gonna go up against I don't know. Again, they don't have a good matchup without Chris Middleton. They're going to miss him. So Giannis has to do a lot on defense, offense, uh, and so I can't see him guarding Jason Tatum. I just don't see it happening because he's got to do too much. Right, he'll, he'll get he'll get spots on him. Yeah, sure, but right. but I think they're gonna have to hide him a little bit because he's got to do so much um, offensively. So I think the Chris Middleton factor so is gonna play big. big Gian- for me. Giannis guards like smart in that sort of game plan where yeah. he can roam and like you like take you know press your luck whether smart's hitting. Yeah, I mean Horford is fine. Yeah. Robert Williams, Williams is fine. Yeah, yeah, just just not Tatum. <laughs> I think Tatum, that's yeah. a problem. What do you think, Trey? It comes down to how much Giannis dominates this series, I really think, because that's the only way the Bucks win is if we see a special performance from Giannis, which is certainly possible. He didn't have to tap into it very much against the Bulls. He would dominate for a few minutes, and that was the yeah. game. But now he's going against a much bigger, much smarter defense, maybe a defense best suited to try, try and take away what he does best. So 
I think Giannis needs to be NBA Finals Giannis, and we shall see if uh, if that's in the cards. Tass is right. Drew Holiday has to have a big series. He has to be looking for his offense, uh, which is a big ask because he's going to be playing one of the two stars on the Celtics as well defensively. And then they got to make their threes. Four bucks, ten or more threes in the first round against the Bulls. Grayson Allen, Pat Connaughton, Drew Holiday, and Wesley Matthews. But the Celtics are one of the better three-point defenses in the league. So it seems like everything the Celtics do takes away what the Bucks want to do uh, effectively, but the Bucks have been really good at imposing their will on other teams for the past f- four seasons, especially for the past season and a half. So, I don't know. This is going to be a tough one. This is a this is the one that if you're picking the Bucks, it's because you love Giannis and you're yeah. a Giannis guy. <laughs> yeah, and I think his best uh, chance at getting there and causing trouble for Boston is trying to get Williams and Horford in foul trouble, just beasting inside. But then he's got to stay out of foul trouble himself at the other end because I think they might even attack at him. They mm-hmm. might say, listen, best way to get Giannis off the court is to get him into foul trouble. So I just saw the Celtics just dominate uh, Kevin Durant. And that's why I just think without Middleton there, it's going to be so much more difficult here for uh, for Giannis to be able to carry this team. And he, I mean, again, you, you guys have mentioned, if he's going for 50 like he did in game six against the Suns, they're a chance. But he has to do so much for them every single game against a brutal defense. So very tough without Middleton to see how the uh, Bucks can, can do this. But as I said yesterday, if they can get it to game seven, maybe that's that one game where Giannis does just produce because uh, that's their best thing. They've got to hold serve at home. Otherwise, I think the Celtics have just got too much depth, too much strength, too much offense, too much defense for them. Right. You're also on the record saying you think the Celtics are going to take games one and two here in this series yes, in I Boston. Do. Right. Yes, I uh, do. Yes. Well, let's make some predictions. Task, get us started. And it is strange that Boston has home court advantage because they had the exact same record right. and Milwaukee sat their guys on the last night of the regular season, last day of the regular season. Could have had another uh, game on the Celtics, so that hurts. And I can't... Go away from the Celtics, just watching them, how they play defense against uh, the Nets. I think they're going to slow down Giannis. And Drew Holiday has got to be a, a playmaker, a scorer. And that's not really Drew. That's not Drew. And I know people are you know, looking back at the conference finals last year where Giannis was out, and, and they're saying, oh, they rallied around a guy who was out for a few games. First, Giannis Middleton, very different. Second, it was sort of later in the series as well. And so I... I think this is just a little too much to overcome for a full series against the team that's playing their best ball for the last several months and obviously doing it in the postseason as well. They're rocking. Celtics in six for me. Beantown boy over here. Beantown boy. Okay. Trey? From the Beantown boy to the Giannis guy. I got bucks in six. I think this is a huge series for Giannis. I think he's the best player in the league. And if the Celtics beat him this series, I will... Stop not believing in the Celtics, and I'll flip to being a Beantown boy. Uh, But for right now, I'm rolling with Giannis. I think he's the best guy out there, and I think that even though the Celtics have the game plan for it, it's different until you're playing Giannis. All right. Uh, He's torn. torn. It's it's hard for me to see. Uh, I think the Celtics do it in six. I think think they're just going to overwhelm the Bucs. Middleton's not coming back at all, so there's no real hope that he might come back. I just think they're too deep and too strong. So I, I think, but I hope Giannis does it though. I would love to see Giannis do that game seven performance, but Boston's been so impressive. Yeah, that's why this one's difficult, but I'm going with Trey. Uh, shout out to Brandon Jennings, Bucks and Six. <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe it. I think uh, I think there will be at least one or two games where 
Grayson Allen, who was amazing in the Bulls series, uh, hits enough threes to help out Giannis. Maybe it's Pat Connaughton. Maybe it's your boy Wesley Matthews. Uh, Bobby Portis, you know, Brooke, obviously. Uh, Lopez didn't even talk much about him, and he is a he can be a difference maker. Um, but, yeah, Giannis has to be special, and Drew Holiday is massive in this series. Uh, the pressure that he needs to put on and make one of those other Celtics players uh, worry about him and defend him. But... I am at the point with Giannis that I'm not going to bet against him until they lose the series. I mean, I think he's almost earned that at this point. Mm, uh, sure. And it's a good team, too. Don't get me wrong. But that's where I'm going with this one. Hopefully, it'll be entertaining. Mm. Close games. Uh, it'd be fun to see uh, you know, Giannis and Tatum and Jalen Brown and Drew you know, trade big buckets down the stretch. But let's hear from everybody out there. As we always ask you guys, uh, Bucks, Celtics, drop your predictions in the stream team. Let us know in the comments. Tweet them in at No Dunks Inc. Can't wait for that one Sunday afternoon. You got the schedule all cleared for that one, I hope. I'll be watching that one. I don't know, actually. Uh, I have oh, to check God. the schedule. <laughs> oh, what, what, what do you got going on? Uh, well, we've got a birthday, a big birthday this weekend. So uh, we've got some activities planned. You got a bigger birthday the next weekend. Well, birthday party the next weekend, <laughs> yes. <laughs> wait, what? what's the difference? Well, we've got the birthday. Weekend oh, I see, I and then see. the birthday party weekend. Oh, Jesus, yeah, he's getting two birthday God. parties actually. Well, three technically, but anyway, <laughs> it's a big one. It's a milestone. Ten double digits. <laughs> cool. Oh, the five-year-old is pissed that he's going out of single digits and going to double digits. Really, five-year-old's like <laughs> two numbers. Yeah, he's like, can I get? Can I turn ten as well? Ah, uh, yes. You have to wait, man. You have to just wait. Wait, wait till he sees the amount of Lego the no, ten-year-old's. No. Oh, he's get already next yeah. couple. Yeah, he's, he's already. Oh, but he's already getting gifts. How many? Well, how many no, birthdays he, he knows he's getting. Uh, he knows he's getting Lego, and uh, you know he, the little ones like working on trying to get the uh, the figures so if he can play with those oh so, okay yeah <laughs> alright wow exciting. crazy man okay well some of us will be watching they'll have to watch on tape delay yeah. that's fine we'll talk about it on Monday uh, game one Celtics Bucks uh, on Sunday afternoon okay let's take our final break when we come back you got tweet of the night I do we gotta get the John Legend report I know we jumped right into the, the action JLR. yeah yeah for sure we gotta at least hear how <laughs> Vegas was and then uh, we'll do some rapid fire fun don't go anywhere all right, back here in the Classic Factory, start wrapping up today's podcast. But we got to ask, how was Las Vegas? You were there for a couple days with the uh, main objective to see John Legend. Did he put on a show? <laughs> well, it was great to get away. Uh, <laughs> You're stressed, are you? Well, no, I, we just need to get away from our kids. Oh, good call. Good call. Uh, we haven't done that <laughs> since our first was born. Just needed a trip away yeah. from oh. them. So then we saw John Legend on the itinerary in Vegas, and we said, oh, we missed his show a couple times here in Atlanta. Let's make it happen. We got yes. on a plane. We went to Vegas. <laughs> Vegas is still Vegas. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't changed. Huh? Did, did it ever same change? Business. Uh, uh, no, same I don't business. think. <laughs> same business still model. Still running those Rip casinos. Everyone off. Yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it was good. We ate really well. Nice. We ate well. Wait, uh, where were we staying? Cosmo. Uh, did you eat anywhere good around there? Let's pull up a photo, JD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. uh, <laughs> We know once upon a time we saw Spencer Dinwiddie at Eggs Lut. Uh, and yes. so Lee texted me before I went and said, why don't you get a photo of Eggs Lut? <laughs> so I did. It's a great call. Morning, I got, we got in the lineup, and uh, there was a lineup, but that $10. There's always a lineup. There is. Yeah. We wouldn't have seen Spencer Dinwiddie if there wasn't a lineup. Yeah. You know? Well, he wasn't there. Uh, I guess oh. they don't accept crypto at Eggs Lut. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got a sandwich. Look at that. Look at that uh, yolk running. Golden yolk. Yeah. That's right. Honestly, it looks delicious. I would uh, lick the bag. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty solid. The food options are great there at Cosmo. Super expensive, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice. You went to Jaleo as well? Oh, hello, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
Jose oh, Andres, right. he's the man. You did all the hot spots that we Classic. Yeah. yeah, Blue Ribbon. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Yes. You got a boat? Did you get yeah. the boat? I think we were the last people to get the boat. It's wow. now off, off the menu. Oh, damn. But they've added some nice spots. They've had a nice juice spot, which actually most of them have alcohol in the juice, but uh, a little juice alcohol. Combo, but really quality juice. I mean, everything in that casino. Quality, even the secondhand smoke. Quality <laughs> secondhand smoke. Uh, but we went to the. Uh, you go from that place to like, you know, the old places. We went to the Flamingo. Yeah. I thought the Flamingo habitat would be hopping. The Flamingos are supposed to be amongst the people in the back. I think they all died. Well, the yeah, flamingos, secondhand smoke got to Yeah. Them. Well, there's no circulation in that hotel. Zero circulation in that hotel. It's that hotel. We looked it up. We thought how. How old is this hotel? How old do you think? I mean, this is the, the Flamingo. flamingo? Uh, Probably from the 1960s. 50s. Yeah, yeah, yeah good call. 46, yeah. I think wow. it was. Wow. Uh, but anyway. It's, but I assume everybody yeah. in Vegas was wearing masks, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we did some weird stuff. Two days was nice to get away. Bamboo, uh, the bamboo uh, oh, pool yeah. was popping. Yeah? Oh, you mm-hmm. checked it out? Yeah, Great. and we checked out the other one, too. Oh, the, oh, the uh, hopping one. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the party. scene one. Party central. Yeah. Uh, and how was the concert? Oh, it was good. It yeah? was good. It was good. A little loud. Went to Vegas, man. No, I'm saying the levels were off a little bit. Oh. <laughs> they were off a little bit. We had the one set of drums just super loud. Anyways, you go to a residency uh, type concert. Yeah, I've never done that. I don't think there's any real need. Yeah. You go to a concert where people want to watch the show. Yeah. Is, people J- is John are, uh, going through the motions? Like it's no, coming across? No, he like, kicked ass. Okay. He kicked ass. He's getting paid. Good for him. Okay. But there are people there. It's like, you know, the suits at a Raptors game. Yeah. The suits at a basketball oh, game. They're the getting cra- comps. Oh, I see, I see. They're not yeah. there for the performer. Right, they're, they're there, there the because they're in Vegas. Yeah, it's yeah, sure. something to do. To do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Celine Dion said that when she was there. She was I, like, I yeah, people just turn up because it's like, you want to watch Celine Dion? Not really, but why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting with plenty of people that yeah. didn't know who John Legend was, for sure. <laughs> what like, did he wow. end with? What did he end with? He came out for a double uh, double encore. Yeah. Uh, Wild, which is one huh. of his newer ones. I, did we go green light at the end there? Was that right before? Mm, that's a banger. Mm. Song. Yeah. Confetti fell. Oh, the show was Yeah, good. you got a great photo. I did see the that. The show was good. It was definitely good. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, it's just a venue. It's, yeah. it's just not amazing. Celine Dion, though, they're still playing that everywhere in Vegas. Watch uh, the still, blood. She's still playing? No, 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 oh. no. But they're playing her music. Oh, 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 <laughs> everywhere. Oh, People oh. are performing it. It was part of the It's all ve- coming back to me now when we've been yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we had, we had one dealer. I think even the dealers are lying. The deal, a dealer said, oh, I live down the street from Celine Dion. I see the helicopter come in and, and take her to the strip for her show. I don't think you live the side <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't buy it whatsoever. One day I was at the the uh, <laughs> the grocery store and Tony Braxton was shopping beside me. We walked away from the table. Danielle said, "I don't think Tony Braxton's getting her own groceries." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's and, Vegas. And you shit said, uh, tables shit tables were not kind to Tasmelis this uh, yeah, this little trip. Uh, yeah, I had we had a quick session at yeah. the end. Danielle was doing well at the oh, roulette nice. table, but yeah. <laughs> Blackjack dealers turned some stuff, some ninja stuff against me. It was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. I, hey, look, are you excited to go back to Vegas for maybe some uh, No Dog Summer League? I can't wait to play blackjack with you. That'd be You're fun. my favorite guy to sit on a table with, I swear fun. to God. There's some blackjack tables that have the uh, the plexiglass for the dealer. Right. Like a huge yeah. plexiglass. It's just so funny. Uh, you got to go underneath. Just slide under. Yeah. Oh, all right. uh, it's fun. Fun place for, for a couple days. Excellent. Uh, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Oh, yeah. Mm. 
Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Uh, just you talking about Vegas does have me excited to go. I, I can't believe I'm a feeling little, a little no nostalgic dunk. right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's so different when you don't have to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right you have so, all the time in the world. <laughs> you do, yeah, yeah. yeah. No wonder. You're like, well, might as well go to a John Legend. Yeah. 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 Well, got like, a couple hours to think. kill. I almost did the uh, the Absinthe show again on our other <laughs> Oh, day. great show. That's a great show. Thought about it. Almost went to O as well, but... We didn't. All right. Didn't consider Penn and Teller, though. Definitely <laughs> 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 got tossed over for heckling. Yeah, yeah, I was an asshole that night. We saw the ad on the uh, side of the Palms Casino. Is that where we saw it? Was that the Palms? Uh, remember? Danielle said, is that where you saw it? Is sounds right. Penn and Teller. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I that was wrong. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. I yeah. remember the cup. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we saw a weird Meow Wolf exhibit as well. Very strange. What's it's that? an exhibit. <laughs> It's, there's a there's another area there's like an area 52 of Vegas where they've got all these things happening. Okay. Uh, and they had this strange exhibit sort of experience where you go into a grocery store but all the products are fake and then you can go to the back. Oh, and they that's have, that moth milk thing. Yeah. Photo you shared. Yeah. That was, okay. That was a strange. It sounds weird. Strange place. But an experience nonetheless. Hey, did you go to uh, our cheap Mexican uh, breakfast spot? No, I didn't. Oh. I oh, saw, it's still open. I mean, yeah, I saw question. I saw an ad for it. I think it's still kicking. <sighs> but uh, yeah, I wasn't wasn't planning on taking Danielle to, to <laughs> the old four ninety nine. She wasn't special. as into that as I was. <laughs> yeah. I love that four. JD, you love that breakfast. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's great. But if, I, if we go. Are we staying at the Cosmo? We have to, right? I, I mean, we got it. We, we can pick and choose. <laughs> I don't it's know. Not on us. I think we can pick and oh, choose. We're staying there, oh, JD. Yeah. Cosmo's great. They've Go added back. a bunch of stuff. Bunch of stuff. Oh, all right. A little great. Scotch. Starbucks as well. Nice. It's always hard to get a coffee there. Not anymore. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> anyway. okay. All right. Tweet of the night. What oh, yeah. Okay. Multi prong. Multi prong. Okay. First one uh, Grayson Allen is getting booed by his teammates on the bus. Uh, did you guys talk about that? Well, already? we talked about them getting booed at home at by the home, crowd, yeah. not the bus. No, no. By, his, by his teammates. That's great. Yeah, uh, uh, a tweet from Lily Zhao uh, mentioned that Grayson Allen told us that his teammates, especially Wesley Matthews, have enjoyed booing him everywhere from walking onto the bus <laughs> into the hotel or when he watches film, they boo. So great stuff. Do you think the Boston Celtics crowd then should cheer him? They should. Game <laughs> they should. Throw him off. That would be yeah. very funny if they give him like a standing ovation when he checks in. Okay. You know. Grayson Allen's their kind of player. Maybe they will cheer. <laughs> he uh, sure seems like a Beantown boy, he doesn't does. he? <laughs> uh, on to the real tweet of the night. It uh, comes from the great Mark Spears, who wrote a piece on Raptors rookie Scotty Barnes. And I haven't seen this information anywhere else but from Mark Spears. He wrote that Scotty has both daily and long-term goals on his phone's lock screen. That is his lock screen. Whoa. He's got a list. And Spears listed them in a piece on Anscape.com. So let's go through them. First bunch. There's there's two two chunks here you'll see on Tweet of the Night. First one's, put myself in a position to take care of my family for the rest of my life. Damn. Be the best player for the Raptors. Mm. Be recognized as a top-selling big player. <laughs> I like his wording there. Be yeah. known as a lead defender. You're checking the boxes, my man. Wow. Uh, getting on to that Good second start. one, JD. Yeah. These are the last ones here. Be the best player on the court. He sees this every time he looks at his phone. Win every game and compete. Be a true leader by example. Destroy everyone at practice. <laughs> oh, wow. Turns a bit there. Yeah. And be rookie of the year. Mm. Check, 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 check. What's he Killing do? With, yeah, what's he do with that last one that is officially, you know, accomplished? Yeah. You take it off, strike it out. That's a good <laughs> question. But most improved, right? Mm. <laughs> sure. Not bad. But MVP, man. Dream big. Yeah. That's just a good use, I think, of a lock screen. That too. is smart. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I got pictures of my kids. But yeah, I me think too. I'm my wife. To <laughs> be the best podcaster I could be. Destroy, Destroy my Destroy Leos's take any chance I get. <laughs> Shit on breakfast every possible chance you get. Uh, I like it. Use it for inspiration. You like that idea? What would you put on yours? Three, three little bulletin points. Mm, what would to I tackle put on mine? your life? Um, another day, another opportunity. Stole that off uh, Jamal Crawford. <laughs> cool fridge magnets. <laughs> I like it. Um, Maybe put stop looking at your phone so much. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't charge your phone tonight. You know. So then, it, then it dies, and you don't have to watch it. <laughs> don't watch it. Put that on your box. Yeah. <laughs> then when you look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, it's not there. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, that's good enough. That's good, good answer. <laughs> that's good enough. Uh, also, since we mentioned uh, Alejandro Kirk, uh, Blue Jays catcher, oh, earlier yeah. on in the show, well, that was the photo you were looking at. Yeah, yeah, let's see him now, JD. If we can pull that oh. up, that's him on the left, and another gentleman wow. on the right. As I said, the what? best. No, hold on. That's not a real guy on the right. <laughs> what is it? Photoshop? I mean, I'm asking. No, is it? I don't know. That's a thumb wearing Yankees oh. uniform, man. Oh, okay. So maybe... No, uh, I'm asking. Why, no, no, you're right. This is probably why I couldn't find him. It's because It's because it's a Photoshop of Garrett Cole. Because uh, I, I had no idea. I thought maybe he could be a relief pitcher. Is it that surprising? I know. That's how crazy baseball is. That you're like, that's maybe a guy. And I, maybe it is. I honestly no, don't well, know. Well, I, so, so I thought it was a regular photo. I threw it in a WhatsApp chat. Our man Joel McMillan said, Garrett Swole. Uh, and so I'm looking up Garrett Cole. Is that his name? Uh, but Garrett Cole's a starting pitcher making a billion dollars. So somebody, somebody got to Photoshop and made him a little wider. It's like uh, Kim Kardashian taking out her belly button. It's the opposite. <laughs> yes. You see that? That's making, no. making the waves. Okay. Anyways, that's, that's, I guess I thought that was a relief pitcher. I guess it does look a little odd because his body doesn't really fit his uh, <laughs> neck. And Looks like face. a guy. Um, Trey, I can't remember if you watched. Do you watch 90 Day Fiance? Do you uh, no, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <What's laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know who you're talking about. Big Ed? I no think idea they call his him. name. Yeah, look yeah. up Big Ed. I yeah, think that's like... Big Ed. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you're right. Big Ed. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> I, I think they should all, always take a uh, if you if you're a, a positional player, you should have a bat in your hand, and if you're not, then you should have a glove, not, a glove, glove yeah. or not. <laughs> so now, now we know, so, so I could look through the pictures because that's what I was doing. I guess it is just that's just so Garrett our best Cole. guess is that people took Garrett Cole and made him Garrett Swole. Yeah, I guess because he's because he like doesn't he didn't work out over the offseason and get that big. I love he didn't work we, out his neck. I love that we were actually not sure whether that was a real guy. <laughs> he looks like, yeah. like David Wells. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. That's just the wild yeah. look. Ugh. What a neck. Okay. <laughs> Great tweets. Love them all around. Uh, tonight's game, only one on, Lily. Yeah. Game six, Grizzlies, Wolves. Now, you had a bad night last night. You said, Ofer. Uh, I went Ofer last night. Yeah, you night. went Ofer yeah. in your predictions. Yeah. But do you think uh, the Memphis Grizzlies close this out in Minnesota or we get a Game 7 baby? <laughs> mm. uh, our only Game 7, it would yeah. be, of course, from the first round on Sunday it would happen. What do you think? I think the Grizzlies close it out. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think so. Uh, not super confident in that pick. I mean, but the Wolves just haven't really been able to take control of these games and close them out when they should have. So I think Memphis realizes... They can close it out and get ready for the Warriors in the next round All right. at home. So. All right. Tass, what happens tonight, Friday night? I'm a closer. 
I'm a closer man. I think they uh, finished the job here. Garrett Cole, so you closer. You know, Mariano, <laughs> Mariano Rivera. Yeah. yeah. He's still doing it. Um, no, he's not no, still he's doing not. it now. No. Uh, I can't even name a closer. Yeah. B.J. Ryan, former Blue Jay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big lefty. Yeah, huge. Uh, he had the big baseball head. What do we love to he do did. more? <laughs> name baseball guys or name hockey guys? Or in your case, name you know, cricket or uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess football yeah. players. <laughs> Lee Smith was the was the man. Oh, yeah. Lee Smith. I loved Lee Smith. Eck Smith. Uh, Bobby Thigpen. Yeah. Once set the saves record in the MLB. Fifty seven. Really nice. Are like Thigpen uh, coming they, out of the bullpen? Are they even like things now? Like I don't know. Closers. Closers. Are they still a thing? Or is it like now it's by committee? So. Yeah, because like, a pitcher isn't usually going like seven or eight innings anymore, right? Yeah, but they're still a designated closer. Yeah, but I saw recently they took out a guy that had a perfect game going. What that the? Should be illegal. <laughs> that should be illegal. Uh, who is that? Uh, a Kershaw or? A... I forget who it was. It was somebody. Clayton it was a Kershaw, Dodger. wasn't it? Clayton was it? Kershaw. Yeah. Did you see this? No, but I thought we were talking about it at the game that night. It was a. Fr- it was. His, he was. Yeah, I think it was Kershaw. It was yeah. a Dodger for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was his it's first really... game comeback from I injury. Don't care. Only pitched eighty pitches. Perfect games. Seven, right? He pitched seven. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And he, yeah, not a lot of pitches, too. Eight pitches. <laughs> not a lot of but pitches. he was on a PC, he's on a pitch count. <laughs> Everything's PC these days, even baseball players. Uh, uh, so you got the, uh, wouldn't the closer, though? Wouldn't the closer? I mean, he's aspiring to be the starting pitcher, isn't he? Never. Yeah. Clo- no? Different skill sets. Throws, man. Throws yeah, differently. It's not good enough. Wow. Come in, you throw nine pitches as fast it, as you That's can. That's what I mean. Like, you might throw three pitches and you're done and your job's done. And you're like, yeah, my work is done here. High-pressure situations. True. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, crazy. Okay. <laughs> I'm a closer. Put man. that on your uh, lock screen. Mm, I'm a closer. <laughs> Good. Uh, all right, let's close this damn podcast here. Uh, we still have rapid fire. Trey, just give me a quick prediction tonight. What do you got? Are you uh, going with these guys? Is it over? No, I'm more of a setup man. Yeah, you I are. think we're going to be going to game seven, baby, yeah. to close it out. This one is really impossible to call. Like, every game feels completely different, except for, you know, it's probably going to be sloppy and somebody will make some crazy plays. Mm. So, I'm hoping for the same, and I'm hoping we actually get one game seven here in the first round. I'm in sync with Trey. You're a Dwayne Ward, man. You set it up. Thanks. It's the only setup. I know. You're all about Ward and Hanky. Oh, hell yeah. That's all right. That's that's my sweet spot for baseball. Uh, I'm also going Wolves extending this and giving us a game seven on Sunday, which would be very exciting, of course. So, we will see. Friday night basketball, love it. Uh, let's end with some rapid fire. JD, you got the questions. We got Lee, myself, and Trey answering these. Have at it. Yeah. So yesterday, Lee mm. made a reference to nuns on the run. Yeah. <laughs> a screwball <laughs> comedy from 1990 starring Robbie Coltrane and Eric Idle. Maybe Lee's deepest cut ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's got to be right. That's fair. It's a movie I'd never even heard of. And yeah, guys, I had never heard of. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the weekend, guys, and I need something to watch. So hit me with your deepest cut—a hidden gem of a movie that you love but nobody else knows. Lily, JD, I think you're gonna like this 1998 neo noir crime thriller <laughs> called A Simple Plan. I oh, think- I've seen it. Yeah. Ah, it's a great movie. Great, great movie. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, right? Yeah. Ninety percent. Now I don't, you know. It just says 90% Rotten Tomatoes. But then I look at the box office, 16.3 million for a budget of 17 million. Something doesn't quite mm. connect there. Mm. Like, it's a really good... You got a, you got a Bill Paxton. Yeah. You got a Billy Bob. Yeah. Oh, Thornton. Yeah. You got a Bridget Fonda. Mm-hmm. And it just like... The longer it goes, it just gets more twisty and I'm curvy. I'm trying to remember if I've seen this. Oh, I, it's I like it's I a really, really good it's movie. Great. Yeah. Definitely a hidden gem. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah, thanks. Maybe I'll watch that. Uh, Skeets. <laughs> well, this was difficult, JD, because I realized in trying to answer this, I only love five movies. Okay. <laughs> there are only five movies I truly love. They are Gladiator, yep. Interstellar, mm-hmm. The Royal Tenenbaums, yep. of course, Rad, yep. which would be my answer, but I talk about it all the time. And then the other one, The Wizard. Right. So I'll go with The Wizard. I don't think you've watched it. I have it. not seen it. Uh, yeah. It's from 1989. We're starring a young Fred Savage. A young Haley Lewis, who would go on to become, you know, an incredible artist. Really? Crazy, yeah. Uh, And it's about, well, it's about video games, really. (laughs) Ends up being about Super Mario Brothers 3 in the end. And somehow Haley knows about the flute, the magic flute, which is her warp whistle, even though they'd never seen the game. You know, there's some plot holes. Uh, (laughs) But it takes me back to my ute. Have you ever seen uh, Cloak and Dagger? With no. Dabney Coleman and Henry Thomas, hot off of <laughs> E.T. That's what it sounds like to me. No. It's about a video game as well. Like a, it's a spy thriller, but about a video game. You ever seen Mac and Me? <laughs> I have not. I've oh, only seen the clip okay, that Conan and Paul Rudd always. Yeah. That's, that's something else, too. All but right, uh, cool. yeah, The Wizard, those are the only five movies I like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would have been able to get three of them. You guys actually, would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, All right, Trey. Which one stuck quiz. to you, think? Okay, The Wizard, maybe? You've heard me talk about The Wizard before. Um, I wouldn't have guessed Interstellar, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar and the Wizard, I wouldn't have gotten. Interstellar is my new. uh, It's like if it's on, I'm just uh, yelling Murph and (laughs) trying to figure it out. Still haven't figured it out either. That's nice. Yeah. Anyway, Trey, what's your answer? Trey. Uh, have you seen Grandma's Boy, JD? Uh, no, I don't think I have. 2006, a 35-year-old video game tester has to move in with his grandma <laughs> and her two old lady roommates. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> a whopping 15%. Oh, <laughs> but 85 from the audience. Yeah, okay, all right. This is a stoner movie. What are, we th- um, are you talking Adam Sandler here? Yeah, or who um, Sandler I don't think he, he's not in it, but it's like all Adam Sandler associates, and it might be, it is a Happy Madison <laughs> okay, uh, right, uh, right, right. production. It's like Alan Covert and Nick Swartzen are the stars. Okay. Um, it's dumb. It's very dumb. <laughs> I like dumb. I but like it, dumb. it is very funny and very dumb. All right, great. And you said it's 18% from the from the critics and 85... 15%. Sorry, 15 yeah. from the critics, 85 from the fans. Yeah. Doesn't that fit the... Uh, is it Zach Harper and Amin Al-Hassan? Cinephobe. Cinepho- mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that fit the criteria? A, I wonder if they've done it. Yeah. They should. They have. It's funny. Mm. Great. Okay, speaking of movies, we learned this week that Jason Momoa is joining the cast of Fast X, mm. the final chapter in the Fast and Furious franchise, which I actually found out is a two-parter. So oh. we got two movies coming, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but the next day, we found out that Justin Lin has stepped down as director. Lee, mm. put on your producer's hat and hire a new director for Fast X. Who you got? Yeah, tough one for me. You know, not all that familiar with the franchise, but I think a guy who might like this high-octane type of movie is Guy Ritchie. Oh, hey, that's good. That's a good answer. I like that answer. <laughs> yeah. So That works. You know, he needs a banger. Maybe, this is, uh, maybe these two can come together and form the perfect movie together. So... Guy's my guy. All great right. answer. That's All right, Skeets. Answer. Well, Vin's going to do it, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yes. Probably. Yeah. Uh, which will What do you mean? Bad. He's, he's going to be in it? No, he'll probably direct it. Oh. JD. That's bad news. Yeah, it's very yeah. bad news. Anyway, hopefully not. Um, though, though you saying that Fast X is a two- yeah, it's part movie chapter now? one and chapter two, it sounds They're like. They're really leaning into the WrestleMania angle. <laughs> Going with the X- like uh-huh. WrestleMania, and yeah, then the yeah, two-parter, yeah. Uh, like the uh, Saturday, yeah. Sunday night. But uh, you know who should direct Fast X? A man by the name of Terrence Jason Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes, you, JD, should do it. You've uh, obviously 
did all the fast friends. You've got a great understanding of uh, the series. You know what works, what doesn't, and you're a great director. Yeah. So, oh, thanks. JD yeah, for I fast appreciate it. Justin, who's still producing the movie? <laughs> Call me. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Trey. Well, it's funny you mentioned it, Skeets. I think Vin Diesel has to direct it. I think he probably will. And like, hey, man, oh, you made your Fast and Furious bed. Now you have to direct in it. <laughs> You're the one who got you, yeah. got you got the rock out of here. You got Jason Statham out of here. Everything that people love about Fast and Furious. Now we're left over with Vin. Just going to be Vin starring in every single role like Eddie Murphy and <laughs> Eddie Professor. <laughs> He's got to play every single part. And hey, he did a great job with Los Bandoleros. Did right? he, though? Yeah, did he? That classic short Los Bandoleros. It's just going to be him and Michelle Rodriguez uh, languishing on a kayak built for two for the whole thing. Just making out the whole yeah. movie. Oh, I'd watch that. Yeah, this was uh, this was disappointing news to get. To be quite honest, yeah. Justin Lin was leaving after they already started production. I was like, Ey. yeah. No, Are we, should we be doing a Fast Friends uh, podcast here in in the coming weeks? Maybe to Maybe. talk about all of this stuff. Get Matty O on and get his thoughts on the oh, whole, yeah. the whole debacle. The, maybe he has some inside information on the Hollywoodness <laughs> of it. Oh, good point. <laughs> I love right. that. All right, last people, one here. People asking for your full take on the Batman as well. Uh, I, no time. No time. For <laughs> that. Oh, We're on. doing rapid. Fire. Oh, come on. No, not right now. Not right now. Whole podcast. Oh, sure. We'll do that down the road. (laughs) Why not? Uh, All right. Last one. Uh, The NBA Central tweeted this quote from Kendrick Perkins earlier this week. Quote, Ben Simmons is that pretty girl that is single and everybody is wondering why she's single. It's because she smokes cigarettes. <laughs> Guys, we're all married men now. Yeah. But take us back to your single days. Yes. What would be an absolute deal breaker in a partner back then, Lee? Mm. Well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't dance around here? it. Just tell us. Uh, well, well, okay. First off, uh, it was a boozy night in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> That's a chapter five of his autobiography. <laughs> Extremely boozy night in Paris. That's funny. I just had one of those a couple nights ago. It looks so real. It's a little smaller than you thought, right? Yeah, me and, uh, me and this uh, friend of mine, we were walking around. I don't know where we were. It was my first time in Paris. And uh, we went, we're in one bar and we're going to go to another one. And as we got out, this taxi pulled up and these girls were getting out of the taxi and we were going to jump in the taxi and then yep. uh, one of them said you know you guys want to go to a party and uh, <laughs> it was a hazy cold January night <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't notice at first uh, but there was a strong jaw on this lady <laughs> And then I noticed a little stubble on the chin. Oh. <laughs> Is this a king song? <laughs> and then the, uh, the Adam's apple was a giveaway. And that was the deal breaker for me. Wow. Wow. I was out. My friend... That was the deal breaker. Okay. My friend wasn't out immediately. And I had to, uh, I had to say, no, we're going somewhere else. We're going, we're going to a different bar. We're not going with these ladies. It's Paris, man. When, yeah, yeah. when in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. What a drunken, boozy, hazy night that was. I'm so glad I had this guy because this was before we had mobile phones as well. So, like, no one knew. We didn't know where we were. Couldn't look at your lock screen that nah, said, uh, nah. I, 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 oh, man. I'd still be wandering around the streets if it wasn't for him because I didn't know where I was. And we were just like... <laughs> still, oh, 20 man. years later. <laughs> I can't remember where the hotel is. But anyway, okay. so Adam's, Adam's apple. Apples is the deal breaker for me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, skates. Uh, that's so good. I can't follow that up. Uh, Nora told me, by the way, this question is like a thing on TikTok right now. Oh, really? It's, uh, I guess, the kids, like, when someone gives you the ick. I guess that's the, okay. the, the angle that they go with, the, the ick. Uh, but anyway, mine would have been, I guess would still be, uh, not being able to dance. Ooh, oh. that's a good yeah, one. Like, the, the lack of rhythm, yeah. any sense of rhythm mm-hmm. was would be a, uh, no thanks, not not interested. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. Trey? Yeah, I didn't have a great answer for this until I saw that picture of Garrett Cole. So, <laughs> neck wider than the head. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> okay. Perfect. There it is. A rapid uh. fire fun. Uh, hopefully a classic. But you tell us. Let us know in the comments below. Let us know by liking the video, subscribing to No Ducks on YouTube, by giving us that five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. That was a long one there for you on a Friday. Good to have the whole band back together though, like I said. And we will be here next week, Monday morning, to break down at least one game from the weekend, if not more, if we get Game 7 tonight, depending if the Wolves can extend that series. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at NoDunks, Inc. Send in your questions. Going to need them. Hitting the beach next week. Send them into NoDunksAtTheAthletic.com and get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to TheAthletic.com slash NoDunks. Also, NoDunks merch at NoDunks.com. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, shorts, a lot of good stuff. All right. Fun, fun show. Very fun. Woo! Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, and remember, twas a boozy night in Paris, <laughs> and the Adam's apple was prominent, but the neck was wider than the head. Oh, yeah. But, 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 she could dance while I was in. <laughs> Embrace the weekend, people. <laughs>